Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your favorite one-stop shop for horror news, spooky stories, and real-life tales of the unexplained. You're listening to Monsters at Midnight, courtesy of the Zima Podcasting Network, for the month of November. I'm your host, the skeleton with the most, and I've seen The Exorcist 176 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it, <laughs> Matt Schaefer. And right beside me, Blacklight guides her, Gula Gula, the zombie queen, I have Jolyn Dormady. How are you tonight? I'm great. Your introductions just keep getting better and better. All right. I'm glad you think so. And as always, we have our favorite exhibit from the Egyptian History Museum that has become reanimated, and he's leaving toilet paper all over the goddamn house. <laughs> Graham the Mummy Zima, how are you? <laughs> oh, he doesn't have a mic. All right. All right. Well, wave to the camera that isn't there. <laughs> Graham. Uh, we I hope. Didn't notice until right now. <laughs> I, I didn't either. I was like, what the shit? What are you doing? Um, we've got a, we got a fun show lined up for you as uh, we uh, are coming down from our, or at least I am, from the post Halloween blues that I always get. We yeah. hope at the Zima Podcasting Network, we hope that you had a lovely Thanksgiving. Uh, if you choose to celebrate holidays or not, I'm not your dad, but it could be for the right price. Um, as always, check out the other great contact, great content that is on. <laughs> we got to snort already. It's going to be a good one. Here we go. As always, check out the great content that is on the Zima podcasting network we are on itunes we are on spotify well this show isn't on spotify but the network is i'm only a little bit upset about it you can also <laughs> catch us on spreaker.com and the website which is zemapodcastingnetwork.com the network is in, is in the url correct yes Graham? okay thank you Graham. um <laughs> We, per- we hope you are listening to us on there. Give us a like, give us a share, check us out on Facebook, all of our social media. And without further ado, bolt your windows, lock your doors, and turn out the lights. Monsters at motherfucking midnight rides again for the month of November. Woo! To start off with a little bit of news that uh, made this... Uh, whoa, <laughs> Let's try that one again. Start with a little bit of news that uh, circulated at the beginning of the month. Uh, so this is actually pretty recent. Look at that. Um, one of my favorite movies and the granddaddy of all zombie movies, Night of the Living Dead, celebrated its 50th anniversary this year, 1968 to 2018. Yeah, that's 50 years. Cause Hot Halloween, damn. Halloween yeah. just turned 40. So, yeah. Yep. Math checks out. 
Um, it was announced by Living Dead Media that there was there is an unused script that was created by the original producers and writers of Night of the Living Dead that was written in the early 1970s to be a direct continuation of the story. Now, obviously, we all know that Night of the Living Dead had its own set of sequels, so to speak. Not uh, It set place in the same universe, but it had no direct correlation with characters or uh, anything of that degree. But Living Dead Media is said is being quoted to uh, brush the way the dirt from this amazing follow-up to a classic and bring together a great team to produce the new film. The group didn't reveal any details about the project, though with the title being Night of the Living Dead Part 2, it will likely deviate from the events of Dawn of the Dead, possibly focusing on smaller communities before the zombie infestation grew to citywide levels. Um... It is evident that George A. Romero did have something to do with the writing of this script because his wife, Suzanne DeRocher Romero, revealed that the late filmmaker left behind dozens of scripts that have gone unproduced. Jolyn, what are your thoughts on a direct sequel to Night of the Living Dead? Well, uh, actually, the way I was reading it, um, I guess I don't, I don't know what has been released, but uh, I don't know if this is one of those scripts. Oh, okay. uh, of Romero's. I think gotcha. it's like implied, but I don't okay. know if we know for sure, or at least I don't know for sure. Um, from what I read, I'm hoping, I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that it is since it's like, you know, since he's not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. Tear. Tear. Um, <laughs> like you're like, yes, tear. Um, but uh, since, since he won't have any other hand in this, it would be nice to have like a little bit of, you know, the original master of zombie films, you know, mm-hmm. master of the undead. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah so uh i'm into it otherwise like even if it's not necessarily a romero script which i am still hoping it is Mm -hmm. uh i would really like to see a continuation of the original story because it was like interesting and compelling enough to warrant a sequel i think and Mm -hmm. um yeah i i'm glad to have another slow moving zombie movie yes i agree i agree completely uh anything that is uh coming from George A. Romero, I will always, uh, well, not always, but I, I will always pay attention to, at least. I was looking forward to, before he passed away, his latest film was supposed to be called Road of the Dead, and it sounded mm-hmm. like some sort of variant on Mad Max Fury Road and Fast <laughs> and Furious, but with that zombies. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm curious to see what this script pertains, if it's... Is they're calling it a fall, uh, continuation of the original movie, and spoiler alert, but it's been 50 years. You should have seen Night of the Living Dead by now. Mm-hmm. Everyone dies. At least all the main characters die at the end of Night of the Living Dead. So I want. it makes me wonder who or what or where this direct continuation is going to follow. Maybe it'll follow like the, the, the sheriff and the pack of... of townspeople and cops that are hunting all the dead down i have no idea um i don't know if this is just like speculation um but i think it might also be maybe not like a prequel but just like something happen happening like simultaneously to one that or to mm. what was happening in the original gotcha. um although if it's like part two it kind of doesn't really sound like it'd be a prequel necessarily but right, yeah um you never know. Part yeah. two is hard to say because it could yeah. just be like the second half of something. It doesn't necessarily That's have true. to be chronologically the second half. So That's true. 
It would yeah. be interesting to see a different story that's happening at the same time. Or yeah. Maybe something on a broader scale mm-hmm. in the area. Especially or, with like today's effects and stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm super interested. Yeah. Would you think it would be a period piece? Do you think it would still take place in 1968? Admittedly, I'm hoping. I do too, yeah. Um, I guess like... I tend to be kind of a fan of period pieces, depending on how well they're done. I'm mm-hmm. imagining, like, they're not going to, like, fuck around with this one. At least I hope not. Because, I mean, there's a really well-known team attributed to this. So mm-hmm. it's, like, I don't really see this being just sort of, like, a, a throwaway film. So I'm hoping that it's a period piece and that it's, like, you know, if not, like, entirely accurate, just at least well enough done where the audience can't tell <laughs> you know yeah no i hope so as well because i think that's something that uh it uh has such a strong identity with that movie is mm-hmm. the fact is the fact that it looks and feels like a 60s movie so Ooh, I, kinda, I wonder if they'll do it on film i hope so i think that would be cool um yeah. and i could be wrong but i i think i read somewhere that george romero's son is supposed to be directing it hmm. um I could be wrong about that. What else has he done? I don't think he's done anything Mm. because I tried looking him up and I couldn't find anything about it, but there's been, there's been a lot of promotion or a lot of, uh, new material, new media and stuff, merchandise released for the 50th anniversary of night living dead. And I saw his name pop up somewhere and it said director of night living dead part two. And I was like, it's night living dead part two. And I think that was before they made the official announcement that that's, what they were working on okay george c romero i don't know how i feel about that i mean i'm sure that's it's a good way to continue the legacy but i'm also just like just because his dad was talented doesn't mean he's talented true but and to like give him this to start off his criteria if he does it well he's gonna fucking kill it you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so i guess yeah it's probably gonna be good yeah i hope if it's not good then i'm gonna be like a trillion times more mad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I am. I am curious to see what this script is like because, and what direction they take it in. Because Dawn of the Dead is one of the most iconic sequels and iconic horror movies of all all time, pretty mm-hmm. much. So it'll be interesting to see what like this quote unquote true sequel is like. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's just it's interesting to see. I think it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, Night of Living Dead Part 2. Be on the lookout for that. There is. Did I don't, we see a release date or anything? Or is it just like there's, being talked about? I'll bring up IMDb quick, but I don't think. I didn't see one either, honestly. Night of Living Dead Part 2 2019. Question mark? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, no idea. Anyway. So uh, no <laughs> official release date other than 2019 apparently, but uh yeah, be on the lookout for Night of Living Dead Part 2 coming to a theater sometime this lifetime from the original team at least who wrote the script from the original team that brought you the classic that you hopefully have seen and loved. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Get your life together. I'm trying slowly but surely. Speaking of dead things, uh, there've been a lot of, a lot of surfacing uh, recently of comments made by director of the Evil Dead reboot, Fede Alvarez. Fede Alvarez, uh, as you know, is uh, relatively new to the American film market. He did some things in his native 
Oh, I don't, I don't know if he's Spanish or Mexican or Shit. I, um, I didn't I look didn't, this up. <laughs> well, Joel, in fact, checks me on where Fede Alvarez is from. I do know that he made a couple of short films in his native country in his native language, and he was noticed by Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert, director and producer of the original Evil Dead, respectively, and they picked him up to do Oh, the he's reboot. from Uruguay. He's from Uruguay. So I was correct on neither accounts. Yeah, which I, I'm offended. I am too. <laughs> um, so Fede Alvarez first off made uh, a comment a while back at the beginning of November that the his reboot of the franchise is actually, in his mind, a continuation of I love the first that. film. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Fine. Um... He said, a uh, tweet from Fede Alvarez reads, it continues the first one. The coincidences on events between the first film and mine are not coincidences, but more like dark fate created by the evil book. Ash's car is still there rusting away. Uh, I'm quoting comicbook.com directly. When asked by a fan how Alvarez's film connects to the rest of the series, it... Oh, read that already. My mistake. Mm-hmm. In the years since the film's release, the horror community has been divided on the success of the 2013 film. Uh, earlier this year, Alvarez teased the possibility of his film getting a sequel, though warned that telling the right story would be the most important determining factor of the project. Look, I love those movies Alvarez shared with Entertainment Weekly. Making My Evil Dead was an amazing experience. It was my first film, so going back at some point will be a possibility. I mean, I'm really good friends with all those guys, with Bruce and Sam and Rob, so we always chat about it. Fans might have to wait patiently for a sequel to the remake to take shape, but the director's comments imply that whatever wait will be worth it. The good news, and I think that's what sometimes people don't understand, is none of those guys will make any of these movies just because they can, just because it's good business, which we've... I love we, that. We all kind of knew. Um, so, yeah, the, on top of uh, some juicy tidbits about the continuity of his own movie... Uh, he teases that there might be some more uh, from him in the future in terms of the Evil Dead series. So what are your thoughts on Fede Alvarez's uh, insight into the Evil Dead franchise at the moment? Admittedly, I didn't even, like... I was just assumed that the the 2013 Evil Dead was a sort of, like, reboot, kind of remake kind of thing. Um, and I never even thought of it as just a continuation. And I don't know why my brain ever did that. Um, and so, like, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, my God, I feel like such a fucking idiot because that makes so much more sense. And that is, like, way less infuriating than, like, a because, I mean, I love that movie anyway, but I know a lot of people really didn't like mm-hmm. it because it was, like, they didn't think it did justice to the original because it wasn't as funny and it took itself a little bit more seriously. But I loved it about mm-hmm. it. Um but uh, I also kind of hate that it's still a might, <laughs> that there might be more, because it's yeah. like, that's what he said in the first fucking place. So we didn't yeah, really <laughs> we didn't really learn anything new with that. I mean, I like that it's still up in the air and it's not necessarily like a big fat no. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, we already know that Bruce Campbell isn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And like it's supposed to be playing him in a video game coming out at some point. Oh, yeah, I'd heard that. I don't remember if he brought that up on the show, but there's a new Evil Dead video game coming out in the future that Bruce Campbell will be playing Ash for. It'll be fun. Um, But um, otherwise, just like, I mean, I want to see Fede Alvarez do a lot more because I really, I loved his version of Evil Dead and I thought it was really well done. And 
I, I feel like the practical effects were amazing and I think he did the right thing with modern effects too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he just came out with, um, the girl in the spider's web, an adaptation of that, which was phenomenal. Um, well, okay, this is from my perspective of somebody who hasn't actually read the book yet. I started mm-hmm. reading the book after I saw the movie. Um, I think I've talked about why I like to do that, but so I'm not going to go into that. But um, it was really well done, and it was suspenseful and exciting, and yeah. Um, so I just, I'd love to see him do like a million more movies. Um, and I think his adaptations have been really successful, in in my opinion. That's true. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, always... Ever since uh, the new Evil Dead came out, I was intrigued to see what he where where he would go as a horror film director because um, the new Evil Dead is a ruthless and brutal uh, horror movie and one that is a breath of fresh air in today's climate, even though it is a continuation or a reboot of a familiar franchise. Um, the the conversation about it being a sequel is one that's been around since its release. And personally, and this is just the cynic in me, it feels like him saying it's a continuation of the first movie just feels like co-tailing off of the new Halloween. Mm. I'm not saying that that's not what he always had in mind, but he's never said that <laughs> until this point. Um or maybe he has, and I could be incredibly wrong on all accounts, but uh, I think it does ring true, though. The fact that it would be a continuation of the first movie yeah. does make sense. Well, and plus, because like the camp, the cabin does look damaged, and it looks damaged by somebody who got possessed in that basement. You know? True, and it, and tonally, since tonally the new one shares more with the original, it makes sense. It would be a continuation of the first film, and mm-hmm. not of the. If you're going off continuation of or continuity of the first film, Ash essentially dies at the end of it, yeah. so it makes sense that it could it could be uh, a sequel to the original, mm-hmm. retconning Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. Um, Which those two are like my favorite, but I was gonna say Evil Dead Two is. I go I love back Army and forth. Of Darkness. <laughs> you, well, Evil Dead, they're both great. They're all th- they're all great. They're all great. Evil Dead 2, I go back and forth with Halloween as being my favorite horror movie. Army of Darkness is also fantastic. It's so fucking good. Army of Darkness. The mini Ash scene, I just can never get over. (laughs) I love everything about Army of Darkness, but um, I would love to see him do a new uh, Evil Dead movie. I think that would be a lot of fun, especially. uh, I don't know what he would do with it to keep it fresh. Maybe bring it out of the cabin or bring it somewhere else that's not the... Or I would love to see him do something along the lines of Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, but in like his own version of that. Yeah. Because yeah, then be it would be a little bit more serious, but it could also go... That's really true silly. to see <laughs> the progression of Mia, uh, the character from the original, to see what happens to her after the. Uh, if I get to see her fight many versions of herself, I think I'll have lived a full life. That's fair. That's pretty. <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> the talk for the longest time was that there was supposed to be a crossover with her character and Ash. But yeah, but now he doesn't want to do it. Well, I don't think he ever truly wanted to do it from the way he made it sound. Yeah. I think he just didn't want to be like pigeonholed, which is understandable because like true. a lot of B movie actors end up with that like label their whole life just because of one role. I feel that way about fucking Nick Cage. Like nobody's gonna take him serious now. That's true. Which I think is stupid. I mean, more people might after Mandy. I don't know, man. 
I hope. I hope. <laughs> I hope so. Too. I always take him seriously. I have nothing but admiration for the man. Have you seen The Wicker Man? No, I was supposed to watch it for Shocktober, but I want to. <laughs> I have it. See that one. You might have some difficulty taking him seriously. Even though I don't believe that you should have difficulty taking him seriously, it does make it a little difficult for me. <laughs> I love that fucking movie, though. It's fantastic. I, I take him seriously, too. When I said that, I was being a little bit facetious. I take him seriously when he warrants being taken seriously. Yeah. Like Also, like, Drive Angry. That, that movie is so Don't take him seriously and Drive Angry. Do you? No. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> saying <laughs> somebody <laughs> could i don't believe that for drive a second it's a great movie you're not it supposed is. to take any of drive angry seriously though. i suppose you're right i don't you're think right. you're i don't think anyone behind drive angry was like yeah we're 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 going for gripping suspense here i kind of hope not <laughs> with i hope not either i loved that movie because their, their sense of suspense needs to take a step back and <laughs> rethink <laughs> itself but Oh boy. Going back to Fede Alvarez, uh, I'm all for him as a filmmaker. Uh, yeah. We were talking a little bit about Don't Breathe beforehand. Yeah. Um, Don't Breathe, I liked a lot of, uh, but I think there's some things execution wise that were kind of sloppy, but I still think it's a very competently directed movie. Yeah. He's yeah. a very good, whereas he has some shortcomings in terms of his writing. He's a very good director. Yeah, and I'm I totally I'm curious agree. to see, ever since I heard he was uh, going to direct the girl in the spider's web, yeah. I was curious to see that, even though I'm bummed that Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig aren't Yeah, But I love that because he was taking over, that he didn't try to do like the girl who played with fire or the girl in the mm-hmm. hornet's nest. Um, I love that he just started with the new author um, yeah. in, with the, the girl in the spider's web. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that, Starting fresh is a good idea, and I think that says a lot about him as a director. Not, I mean, I guess I don't know if he was even offered the um, the chance to direct the girl to play the fire, or whatever. But yeah, I don't know if that was a studio thing or because it is a studio movie. I don't know how much input he had on which one he was going to make. But I still like it. I like. I, I want to see it. I really yeah, want to see it. It's a really. Solid I think it movie. is also. It's really cool that they actually got a Swedish actor to play. Uh, Mikhail, uh, yeah, Daniel Craig's mm-hmm. character because and I love Dan- in that love movie Dan- is really is talented. She, is she yeah. Swedish too? Um, I don't actually know. Okay, sounded Swedish, but I guess I'm not good with accents. Well, that was funny because as much as I love Daniel Craig and I think he's great in the Girl with the Dragon's Tattoo, he doesn't even try to do a Swedish accent, but he has like a Swedish daughter and wife yeah. and like a very Swedish name. I think it would have been worse if he tried to uh, fake it, though. I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked the, um, oh no, oh no, not at all. Oh, where is she from? Um, fuck, what is she in? What? That's so weird. I did not recognize her. What's her name? Um. It's Claire Foy? Yeah, she's in, she's English. Oh, okay. Um, wow, that's so weird. Okay. Then again, Rooney Mara isn't Swedish either, so, I don't think at least. No. Um, but, uh. But yeah, she did a killer job. She she was incredible. I loved I loved her rendition of Lizbeth. I think she did a really good job. I also really prefer the the actual dragon tattoo that she has in this oh, movie. Nice. That's just a personal thing. I just like the tattoo. Fair anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm a, I I will still be aboard the Fede Alvarez hype train uh no matter if he does a new Evil Dead, if he doesn't, if he keeps creating original content like 
excuse me, like Don't Breathe. Uh, yeah, I wasn't like huge on Don't Breathe, but I would be willing to see another one of his movies. I would. I. I. I'm curious to see where he can it was a go great as a idea. director. It's, it is a great idea. And for the most part, it was very well executed. There was yes. just like certain things I didn't dig. But Yeah, we were talking about the suspension of disbelief that you need to take in a lot of those sequences. Or it's, yeah. it's kind of out there. But um, yeah, Fede Alvarez, I'm for him. I think he is a... He'll be, he's a good, decent voice in today's uh, horror and thriller climate. And, Hell yeah. And hopefully... Hopefully he continues to produce original content, even though he is like pick it, being picked up to do studio movies. Like, but then he he still did co-write the girl in the spider's web. Okay, so I think that's that's neat. Well, and like what I'll say about that movie, as I've started reading the book, um, there's a character in the girl in the spider's web who has autism, but in the movie you can't really tell and they don't really touch on it much. Like, I think it's like briefly mentioned for a second, but it's not like a huge portion of the film. Whereas if you're reading the book, it comes up within like the first chapter. Like I'm only like maybe 15 pages in and it, it's already been talked about in like three pages. Oh really? Yeah. So it's like, uh, I love that. And also the fact that like, uh, in the, like you can kind of tell from the preview, uh, the film starts out right away when she's like, doing one of her kind of rape revenge bits. Mm -hmm. And I like that introduction because that's like a lot more of the focus of this storyline. And so I like it starting out just like right in your face, you know? Nice. So his choices in terms of the script and the direction is, I, I don't know how much of that was him and how much was whoever co-wrote with him. I'm not sure who did, but uh, I was really impressed. It was really, really good. Yeah. I would like to check it out. Um, Maybe you would like to check it out as well. Let us know what you think about Fede Alvarez in the wherever I always make this joke and always goes horribly wrong. <laughs> Slide into my DMs with your hot takes on Fede Alvarez. I Slide will. a note under their door. Yes, <laughs> that too. It's most of you probably know where I live. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, moving on to the next topic. Speaking of sequels, yes. this isn't this isn't really horror related, uh, but it fits. It's in, enough. It fits into our motif here. Everybody remember Machete Kills in Space? <laughs> All three of you out there? Oh my god, it's a great... Okay, just carry on. Well, Machete Kills in Space <laughs> is teased at the end of the fantastic uh, sequel that's Machete Kills. And also is teased, I think, during Machete. Yeah. Because they were like, stay tuned for Machete Kills. And then again, for Machete Kills again in, in space. space. They yep. dropped the again. I think it was a good choice. Yes. Um... Personally, I think Machete Kills is an awful movie. I was not as big of a fan of that as I was of Machete. No, the first Machete, I think, is great. It's fucking phenomenal, and it's like real life now. So, you know. Yeah, it's true. uh, But no, I think Machete Kills is awful. Um, But mainly because, like, half of the movie is teasing a sequel that hasn't even been made or started yet. I'm hoping that, like, this one's bonkers enough where, like,. That one will pay off, where we can just sort of ignore that one because that we needed that segue to make it into space right, with yeah. Danny Trejo. Because that's we, we need Danny need Trejo in space. We do. That's true. Um, Robert Rod- or now uh, Robert Rodriguez, director of the of the aforementioned Machete and Machete Kills and, and a fuck ton of other amazing of, things because he's like the greatest Sin director. City and uh, from Dusk Till Dawn and Desperado, Desperado, and yada, yada. Oh yes, God, I love this man. Marry um, me, Robert Rodriguez. I know he's you're married directing, already. But. Uh, uh, Akita Battle Angel is yeah. coming out. 
I'm um, not as thrilled for that. I'm not either. Um, I'm hoping it's good because I love Robert Rodriguez, I so do, I yeah. want him to succeed at everything and anything he does. True. But I also think that movie might be terrible. True. But I guess we'll see. I'm going to see it anyway because I want to give that dude all my money. Yes, always. No, I agree. In a new chat with Popcorn Talks I Can Never Be, Trejo shared the latest information. Robert's working on it, referring to uh, Machete Kills in Space. It's going to be unbelievably crazy. Yeah. Trejo continued, I would say that Robert has his own timeline for doing stuff. I know he's working on a big movie right now, which he's probably referring to Alita Battle Angel Mm -hmm. or maybe something else entirely. But... What do you think about uh, Machete Kills in space still happening? I knew it. I knew there was no way they were just going to leave that. Because, I mean, like, he even, he bothered to make Machete Kills in the first place. So I'm like, you can't just keep teasing movies and mm. then not make one all of a sudden. That's true, yeah. you got to do the thing. This is, like, his thing now. Because, I mean, he, he started it when he just first made Machete. You know what I mean? And I'm just, I am fucking hoping that, because, like, you know, he teased machete after grindhouse but i'm really hoping that he teases something like either totally irrelevant or just something else at the beginning of this new one because i just i would love that so very much i agree yeah um i machete kills in space i mean i'll see it it's gonna be great i don't know how actually excited it better come to theaters oh i'm sure it will well did machete kills Shitty Kills came to uh, theaters. Yeah. Oh, I guess I missed it. It just it tanked because it was awful. Yeah, <laughs> I think. And like, I love Robert Rodriguez, but yeah. that movie was not good. I just like, think too many like celebrities were in that. That I was think the was, thing is like, and the whole like thing with Lady Gaga as the chameleon, uh, yeah, hitman, and like Cuba Gooding Jr. was yeah. in it for a hot second. It lost some of its like genuine genuineness. Oh, that doesn't. That's not. A Charlie word. Sheen is the president. In, Genuity. I, might, I don't know. I might need to rewatch Machete Kills. Actually, the more I think about it, the more hilarious it seems. Yeah, I mean, it's it is funny. I just and yeah, like I do really like it still because it's still like a goofy Robert Rodriguez movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even like because when was Spy Kids made? The first one. Yeah. Like oh three. Yeah, maybe that was, earlier than that. Actually, was that before Grindhouse or after? That Grindhouse? was before Grindhouse. See. I love that. Yeah. I love that he teased uh, Machete as like an assassin, like mm-hmm. after he made Spy Kids when he introduced like this Machete character. Yes, I love that. That's fucking adorable. That's and he's true. like continuing it, and it's like it's all related, and I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> That's fair. And so I just, I yeah, keep making these Machete movies. I'll see every fucking one that comes out. That's fair. No, and I'm a big supporter of Robert Rodriguez. Maybe we'll get Machete in Hell or something. Oh my god! How cool would that be? <laughs> you would want to see that. Don't even don't uh, lie yeah, to me. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> no, um, I'm a big supporter of Robert Rodriguez because he's one of those directors that when he's 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 his own voice and he doesn't let people for the most part, unless it's a lead of Battle Angel, which is very much looks like it's a studio film. Mm-hmm. Um, he delivers on something that he wants to make and you looked like you had something to say i was gonna ask is alita battle angel based off of a comic book it's based off an anime okay so maybe it was on purpose maybe he likes anime maybe he does i mean but then like also james cameron is producing it too though oh. so okay then maybe yeah all right i don't know it's just know. It, alita battle angel doesn't read like most of his other stuff reads um I, of course, will see Machete Kills in Space. I'm not holding my breath for it, quite frankly. Um, the Because, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, I 
I think it's great that it might still happen because I'm a big fan of Danny Trejo and I'm a big fan of Robert Rodriguez. But Hell yeah, especially when they work together. That's true. They are the best when they work together. I still want Thanksgiving to happen. Eli oh, Roth's yeah. fake trailer in the grindhouse. Well, that's the thing is like nobody followed up except for like Hobo with a Shotgun and then Robert Rodriguez, right? Yeah. Or was there another one? Because like Rob Zombie made that whole Werewolf Women of the SS and he'll use it when he's on tour, but he won't make that movie. Like I'd see that fucking movie. I think uh, Jolene has some words for Rob, Rob Zombie. Mm. Hey, we brought him up. <laughs> oh shit! So we, there we fulfilled go. our obligation. For <laughs> and the I love day. how it's like it's ne- it's never on purpose. Yeah, it just know, happens. You know who was in Werewolf Women of the SS? Sherry Moon. Uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god, that'd be the perfect movie. What's happening? Come on, I Rob know. Zombie. Udo Kier. No, if he actually made Werewolf Women in the SS, I would be in the seats immediately. Right? I would like I, I, buy my tickets fucking quite frankly, three I months Frankly, I wish he was doing that instead of Three from Hell. Yeah. Three from Hell, I will see. But I, I, the Firefly ideology, I think we've established that, especially since the whole idea that we had where they would actually be back from hell is... Seems to be thrown out the window because really he's hoping. teasing like a lot of courtroom stuff. It's like yeah. great. Hope most of this is court procedurals. Yeah. That's what I want to see in a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> well, maybe it's not. Maybe that's just he's, what he's willing to show. Maybe. Maybe he should just make Werewolf in the SS and yeah, be done with it. He does also have a new album coming out next year, which I will listen to. That's fair. I'll probably buy day one. Um, <laughs> No, I want Thanksgiving to happen still. They should just do another Grindhouse. Rob Zombie and Eli Roth can do Thanksgiving and Werewolf Women of the SS. I'd go to see it. Yeah. But Machete like Kills in Space, thing. sure, yeah. I'll go see it. Uh, yeah, I'm maybe it has more to excited be about like, that. It has to be batshit. Like, I need it to be... Sounds like it's gonna be. Because Machete Kills was, for the most part, very uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, I think, like... When I first heard that Lady Gaga was involved, I was like, oh, this will be really cool. I love Lady Gaga. And, and then, then she's in it for like five minutes yeah, because her character changes appearance. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's just, you just. And he literally, he's just getting cameos from all of his friends. Exactly. Is not Antonio Banderas one of them at some point? Probably. I don't know. It just, to, I think so. It To me, it seemed like he was just trying to pack in as many like famous people as he could. Like, Hey, look at my friends, guys. They yeah, want me in my true. movies, which is like, I probably an, would also do that. But it's also just like, that was also a weird resurgence of like, of like a, a shamed a listers. Cause Mel Gibson is the villain in that movie, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. And then Charlie Sheen plays the president. Yeah. Carlos Estevez. That was funny. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, I need to watch that again. I don't. <laughs> um, I'll rewatch the first one, though. first one's good. I know. I love that one. I love Machete. I like uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character is basically Snake Plissken when she gets her eye taken out. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, Machete Kills in Space coming to you sometime this lifetime. Check Let's hope. it out. <laughs> or don't. Again. We have no idea when it's happening or if it's... I mean, it's happening, apparently, but no idea when. See Alita Battle Angel first? Akita? Akita? Alita? I have no idea what Fuck, it is, I don't remember. actually. I don't, I'm bad with the anime. Every time it comes up, I'm just like, hmm, I don't think I would want to see that movie. And I then saw, I see Robert Rodriguez's name attached I know, to it. And that's I'm like, the thing, okay, well, is it's I like, I want to see it because it is his own movie, but it's based, it's based off of a property that I know nothing about. Yeah. It's a concept 
But she's an android, and she needs to make decisions. Like, oh, we're really just breaking new territory here. <laughs> like, she mm-hmm. needs to make the right and wrong decisions. Which I'm probably, of the three anime fans that are out there listening to us, I'm probably really upsetting. Like, Elena Battle Angel is far more deep than you will ever realize. And I'm like, sure it is. I just admit to knowing nothing about it. And the trailer fodder for the movie is just... Is Seems giving me myth. nothing to go off of. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, know. I've seen many movies about androids or something learning to feel and yeah. f- learning right and wrong. Oh no! So the walls are falling down around us. Quite literally, in fact. Anyway, and we're gonna move on to our final topic of the night, our editorial piece. It was Thanksgiving, as we mentioned. We hope you had a great one if you chose to celebrate. Ooh. Um, so we're going to wrap things up. Jolyn and I like horror movies, if you, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> all shapes, all sizes, bad, good, ugly, somewhere in between. Um, and we also, we also really like bad horror movies. I love bad horror movies. Bad horror movies can be a great source of joy. But they can, they can also be an incredible sore spot as well. But... Uh, we're going to wrap this up uh, by giving thanks for some bad horror movies that we enjoy. Yeah. For, uh, turn it over to you, Jolyn. Okay, I'm going to start talking about Cursed, uh, because this is a terrible... Is this the one you showed me? Yep. <laughs> God damn it. This yeah. Is so ba- well, what I saw of it it's was horrible. not good. <laughs> I know, but I love it, because uh, it's it's a Wes Craven... Wes Craven... Oh my God, Jolyn. It's a Wes Craven film. Wes Craven. Wes Craven film. <laughs> anyway, uh, with Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg, and um, they <laughs> essentially they become werewolves, um, hence cursed. But like, just to 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 give a little taster here, um, at one point they both become sexually alluring uh, because that's part of them becoming werewolves, and literally all that happens is. Christina Ricci lets her hair down and starts wearing it down all the time. And then Jesse Eisenberg puts fucking moose in his hair. And suddenly they are sexually alluring. And uh, Milo Ventimiglia is in this. And he plays like a homophobic bully who then ends up having a crush on Jesse Eisenberg after Jesse Eisenberg puts moose in his hair. And then uh, during the like sort of climax, um, Christina Ricci's character is trying to like lure out the like this other female werewolf. And uh, the way she does it is she starts loudly talking shit. And one of the things she says is, and she has bad skin. And that's what brings out this this faux female werewolf. She's like, you liar. And then suddenly they start fighting. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Um, and if that doesn't sell you, then it opens up with Bowling for Soup covering Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, my God. So yeah. yeah, it was like the fastest credit sequence I've ever seen too. Yep. yep. Like they were halfway into the plot of the movie and they're like starring Christina Ritchie. And it's like, oh, let's can we slow down for a second? Yep. Oh. It's amazing. Um should I keep going? Do you want to talk about one or do you want me to just finish sure, with what we I have can to... alternate? Yeah. Um, Taking turns. Uh, I can never remember if I've talked about this on the show or not because I talk about this movie a lot in general context because everyone should talk about this movie. Slumber Party Massacre. Slumber Party Massacre came out in 1982 and it was uh, written and directed by two women. I can never remember their names, unfortunately, because <laughs> I'm I'm bad with names. Apparently. Um, Sorry. 
And it was originally intended to be a parody of the slasher genre. However, the producers wanted to play it more straightforward as a slasher piece. So it's a slasher movie that immediately delivers on everything that you want. And it's perfect in every single way. And yeah. like in the most trashy sort of way. Like li- literally two minutes into the movie, we have an obligatory tit shot. Woo-hoo, There's a, an extended sequence of girls showering in the locker room after gym. A lot of tits and ass in that scene. We have you have your first kill, like five minutes in the movie. The the killer for the movie is an escaped lunatic who uses a power drill as like a metaphor for his sexual dominance over females. It's it's not very subtle commentary. It's literally just power drill penis. It's even like given the box art, it's just these three girls cowering beneath (laughs) the two male legs with a power drill in between them. It's like very tasteless, but has some great moments like uh when the pizza delivery guy is killed and the one girl is still eating the pizza. Cause she's like, when I get stressed, I eat. <laughs> and when I can relate. the one girl almost discovers the dead body in the fridge a couple times and, uh, everyone needs to see the slumber party massacre. And on top of that, it actually has a pretty enjoyable, like spooky synth 1980s soundtrack and some delectable gore for you gore whores out there. Um, yeah, Slumber that's Party me. Massacre. Yeah, that's, that's that was specifically <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre is a great time and should be regaled by everyone. Jolyn, it's your Ooh, turn. Okay. Um, I guess I'll talk about Queen of the Damned because I have less oh, I have less no, to say about that Jolene. one. <laughs> no. I love it. I've seen it like six times oh and I love it more God. every time. Fucking corn is in it, or they might as well be. It's fucking, like fucking uh, Jonathan Davis is the voice of Lestat, which is like Is he? Yeah. Jesus. Yep. Is it's it amazing. Down with the sickness is used in that movie, isn't it? Uh, probably. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, and it was made in 2002, if you couldn't tell by the things that we're already saying. Um, and uh, I watched that with my eighth grade girlfriend, and even then I was oh like, man. this is trash. Yeah, it's horrible, <laughs> but I love it, because it's like so fucking, it's it just a, an epitome of 2002. It's very It's like two, 2002, like, drank too much and threw up on a screen. Yep. But, uh, like, okay, so I was reading about it, and this is the... This is like really bad. Um, but the actress Alia, I don't know how to say her name because I wasn't Alia. Uh, okay. Um, but she was a pop singer. Yeah, she was a pop singer. I didn't. Okay, so she died. So what I'm about to say is kind of shitty. I didn't realize though that she was the one who came out with "Age Ain't Nothing But a Number" under R. Kelly's production oh. when she was 14. You heard about that? Oh, is he the one? Was she the one that was caught up in all that? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't read any further because I was like, oh, that's a horrible bit of information. I don't don't know, actually. I'm curious. But she was like one of the people who died in a a plane crash. That Um, I I did know. But yeah, because I was like reading about her because I was like, oh, how'd she die? That might be because it was before the movie actually came out, but after the production. Mm. Um, I mean, it was sad, but because I I immediately am not up to my on my uh, R. Kelly urinating on yeah i don't girls i don't really want to be information but she was 14 when she came out with that and like the song itself isn't necessarily about r kelly but i'm like r kelly that's questionable it's very questionable oh no yeah she was 100 percent 
The girl? The girl. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Married in 1994. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah. She, yeah. I'm sorry, Aaliyah. Well. R.I.P. <laughs> now that I've made it Rest dark. Rest in spaghetti. Never forget You should talk about something. My last thing is way lighter, so I'm glad that I brought that up before right. I brought up my last thing. Um, I'm going to talk about Night of the Creeps. Um, oh, wait. I have two things. Right, Keep fair going. Night of, the, Night of the Creeps is honestly the best movie ever made, but it's... It's kind of bad <laughs> in a lot of regards, but it's amazing in every regard. Yeah. Um, basically, these alien slugs come to Earth via meteorite, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And as they like burrow into you, they turn you into a zombie, and it all culminates on prom night. And there, Tom Atkins plays a sheriff, or not a sheriff, like a cop, and he only speaks exclusively in one-liners. And the gore, again, the gore effects are great, and the comedy is, it's like splatstick comedy horror, kind of. So it's like intentionally bad. That's why I, I don't necessarily call it a bad movie, because it's it's intentionally like a B-movie. But, oh God, I love Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps is a great moment in 1980s horror comedy that is not talked about nearly enough. That's true. And there's some fantastic zombie effects and uh like creature effects practical effects and the director's cut teases a sequel that was unfortunately never made but i I never is never too late i guess as we've seen so yeah instead of remaking night of the creeps give us a sequel to night of the creeps i'd be into it or not because night of the creeps is its weird own thing and not everything needs a sequel but that is also night of the creeps thrill me <laughs> i was like okay so i'm not really going to talk about this but night of the demons too okay not the sequel but night of the demons as well mm-hmm. um because I, I guess like that one isn't necessarily oh, shit, bad I have, I have one more to talk about too now okay that I good think about it uh, but I'm not going to go into more of that because most of us have seen Out of the Demons. It's a little bit bad. It's 80s bad, but it's also incredible, so I'm going to shut up. Uh, what I am going to talk about is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Have you seen that? No, but I've heard of it. Ah, yes. Okay. So um, now I feel justified in talking about it. Um, but it's uh, it's like a dark comedy about a beauty pageant in small town Minnesota, which I can relate to kind of. Right. So I'm like, you know, that was the first selling point. But just like, you know, it, well, it's star-studded. Um, there's like, who who's all in this um kirsten dunst amy adams Brittany Mur- murphy christy er, yeah christy alley and denise richards Brittany murphy that's another one that died way too young yeah um we're watching a lot king of the hill <laughs> oh yeah i actually because it's on netflix now or something right i think it's on hulu but yeah. I, I just bought the first four seasons oh that would help too mm-hmm. um but uh like it's not necessarily a horror movie it's just a dark comedy because mm-hmm. it's like uh Kir- Kirsten Dunst works part-time in, like, an embalming room, putting makeup on dead bodies, and, like, she tap dances for her talent, so, like, there are shots of her, like, tap dancing and then putting makeup on dead bodies, which is really fun. Um, And also, like, the competition just slowly dies off in this movie because it's, like, one of the characters is obviously killing everybody off, so it's, like, one of the guys that she was interested in who isn't interested in her ends up getting, like, into a hunting accident, and, like, so you see a little bit of that, and, like... One girl gets exploded on a tractor. One girl gets set ablaze in a parade, and that's it's a fun movie. It's amazing. It's, a, it's family fun. Nice. Um, oh shit, I have two more. Yeah, okay. here we go. Um, well, one of them. Okay, I'll say this one first because 
part of me still defends it as a good movie, even though the like when I look back on it and if I were to rewatch it, I would probably have more problems with it. The Neon Demon. Oh, I like the Neon. Demon. I love the Neon Demon, but it's pretentious as fuck. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot wrong <laughs> with the Neon Demon, but it's great, and that's why I hesitate saying it. Everyone should see the Neon Demon because it's a beautiful. I know a lot movie. of people who don't take that movie, no, but I, I really like it. I it's do. a beautiful, beautifully done movie, and just just thoroughly batshit insane. But it also has a lot of narrative issues that kind of teeters it from being like a guilty pleasure to being like, no, this is art <laughs> in my mind. But the one I was actually going to say is, and I think I've talked about this on the show when we brought up Christmas horror movies, but Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Right on. Silent Night, Deadly Night is the Friday the 13th to Black Christmas's Halloween, if we compare them Christmas horror movies to other non-horror right. movies. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, right, uh, excuse me. Silent Night, Deadly Night is literally about a kid who witnessed his parents being killed by a, a like a, a mugger dressed up as Santa Claus. And on top of that, watched his mother be raped by said Santa Claus. It's a very, very happy movie. <laughs> um, and basically lives a tormented life of being afraid of the holiday, being afraid of Santa Claus, due to the fact that his grandpa also said that Santa Claus punishes all the naughty children um, and eventually snaps when he turns 18 and gets a job at a drugstore working during the holidays and dresses up like Santa Claus and goes on a killing spree of people that he deems naughty so there's a great scene where he decapitates a kid when he's sledding and uh when he impales a topless chick on a mounted deer's antlers <laughs> have you seen have you seen this movie Mm-mm. no it's pretty fantastic i haven't um, had a chance yet and i know i need to get on that but yeah yikes. and uh Anchor Bay, either Anchor Bay or Shout Factory finally put out like the uncut version. Oh, fun. Um, which I, this is the only version I've seen. It's a ludicrously fun movie. It's enjoyably stupid, start to finish. And since I bring that up, I'm actually going to bring up the 2012 film Silent Night, which is sort of a reboot, but also very much not a reboot because it has very little to do with it. It's like a name only reboot, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, it does a lot surprisingly well. It's a far better movie than it has a right to be, but it's still trashy and dumb and Malcolm McDowell's in it and is by far the worst part of the oh, movie, which is super disappointing given how much you all probably know I love Malcolm McDowell. I do love him. But um, again, yeah, that one's about uh, Killer Santa Claus. It goes through similar beats. I think there's another... Uh, antler impaling scene in that movie which kind of makes it a reboot and i think it also takes place in wisconsin so that's kind of fun i i used to own that i don't think i own it anymore i should pick that up again and rewatch it it's kind of fun it's a it's it's a good little companion piece to uh, silent night deadly night cool i'll have to check that out too i am behind that's all right do you have any more you would like to add i have like I guess I wasn't going to bring it up because I've talked about it enough, but Frankenhooker, obviously, I'm thankful for Frankenhooker. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Frankenhooker is a little bit worse than brain damage, but maybe that's just me. They're both pretty. They're both pretty, <laughs> like, tasteless. Yeah, in the best way. In the ba- best way. I love it. They were both great. Hell yeah. 
Well, and I mean Basket Case for that matter. I still want to see Basket Case. Oh my god! Well, like because I saw it in theaters. That was my. I think it was my first time seeing it, and um, the wigs in that movie are so bad, and I don't (laughs) think I would have been able to tell if I just watched on VHS. Like it was probably intended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing it on a big screen, I was like, oh, woof! I can see everything wrong with this movie right now. Yikes! No, that's (laughs) it's pretty fucking bad. Well, and it's like. It was worse because like the sound that uh, the the twin makes is like appalling, mm-hmm. and it's also excruciatingly loud when you're in a theater, oh, especially yeah. a small theater, which I was in. So I could imagine. Yeah, but yeah, so fun. So I would fun. love to, love to see Basket Case at some point. Brain Damage was a treat when mm-hmm. we watched Brain Damage because I had never seen it. Jolin had never seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some it's great beautiful. creature effects in that movie. Almar. I gotta love it so much. Um, yeah, so those are some bad horror movies that we are thankful for this Thanksgiving season. Send us a letter. Our P.O. box is 199 Go Fuck Yourself Lane. And write down your favorite bad horror movies on the Oof. letter. All right, well, let's wrap <laughs> this up. Thank you for tuning in to the November edition of Monsters and Midnight. JoLynn, thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. And happy belated Thanksgiving, happy I guess, to those. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Thing. Graham. Graham no. nodded. He nodded. And Graham blew us a kiss. Aw. Graham blew his babies a kiss. I believe he that was meant for the audience as well. So mm-hmm. y'all and, get a kiss uh, from Graham. So my tender lumplings, we return to our coffins as the sun dips down below the horizon. Or once it comes back up, or once it goes back down. (laughs) (laughs) When it gets dark out, we'll return from our coffins to wreak terror and havoc on the streets once again. (laughs) You got this. You got this. You're fine. Have a groovy evening. See you next month. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in-store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in-stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in-stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In-stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in-store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in-stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in-stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In-stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals.